0: In full disclosure, the real story is that I was driving to pay for my tuition for my semester and I almost entered the university when I stopped and I said, if I do this, I'm never going to go back. So I turned around, I parked my car, called American Airlines, bought a ticket and said, I'm going to New York.
1: From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today we sit down with Adriana Teresa Letourne, founder of Vizora, a curated marketplace that connects image buyers, media publications, and organizations with professional local visual storytellers worldwide. Welcome, this is Sam Roach-Gerber
2: and Dave Bradbury,
1: recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Today's episode is brought to you by the Center for Women in Enterprise.
0: Hi, Audrey. How's it going? Great. Thank you for having me here today. I'm actually very honored and grateful for the opportunity. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for
2: coming to Burlington. (laughs) I know it's been a few months since you've been been here. It's been a few
0: months.
1: Yes. Well, Dave and I have really been looking forward to catching up with you. Um, We we love your story, and we're just really excited to share it. Um, So let's start right from the
0: beginning. What is Vizora? So visura is, first of all, the word itself means to be seen in old Latin. Um, uh, My father gave me a dictionary. I think I was 26 years old, and he gifted me a dictionary, and he said, I think you should read this. And I said, okay. And I did. And I started reading it. And at some point, I remember thinking and that I needed... I was looking for some word that also spoke about being seen because I was in New York and um, I was everything and many things but not necessarily seen. Mm-hmm. And um, I was... St- I was looking to become a, I mean, I was an aspiring journalist and photojournalist at the time, and a lot of the work and opportunities that I was receiving were around, you know, they they were around things that, although we're, let me say that again. So I think a lot of the opportunities that I was receiving um, were truly just this you know, coming from me scrambling to access direction and opportunity. Um, Because when you move into New York and you do not have connections to the journalism and media industry, accessing direction and opportunity actually becomes a challenge. And that challenge increases when you are a woman and a person of color. At the time, I did not know that. I thought it was me. So on one hand, I was looking and scrambling for opportunity, And hoping that someone would give me that opportunity and somehow I would be seen, right? And then at the same time, that wasn't necessarily happening. So existentially, I was like, what is happening, right? Like I was questioning what is going on. And at that same time that this is happening, um, my father gives me this dictionary. And I find this word at the end that was visura and it meant to be seen And must have jumped off the page. You know, it did, because I had to I was given an opportunity to curate an exhibition in Dumbo for the New York Photo Festival, which was inaugurating. And I needed to find a name for a company that I was, you know, I I was an accidental entrepreneur. I, I needed to find a name for a company so that I could fundraise to build this exhibition at the New York Photo Festival. Knowing that this exhibition was going to be focused around emerging artists from around the world, not necessarily the scene that I already knew in New York. And so when I stumbled around the word Visura, not only did it hit home um, personally, but it also hit all the right um, you know, it, it hit everything that I was looking for uh, as to and yeah, everything that I was looking for when it came to this exhibition that I was about to produce. It's like a moment in time that all came together. In a way, it did. I didn't really know that. Um, when I showed, when I remember going up to um, some of my mentors and saying, I have the name of the company, and it's going to be called Visura, and I'm just going to add the word photo in front of it because it's photography, and this is what I do, and I'm, I'm a photojournalist, or I'm an aspiring photojournalist, and I'm, I can, I'm, and and we're going to call it Photo Visura." And I remember everyone going, photo what? <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that, right? <laughs> exactly. They were like, uh, good luck with that, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. so, so
2: can you just describe the, the company and the, oh. the, the website just today? Yes, it, of
0: course. Please. So Visura Today is a platform that works to connect local visual storytellers from around the world with media professionals, image buyers, and organizations looking to amplify their message through visual storytelling. That means photography, film, um, there's the writers. And so how do we do that? We designed a proprietary um, platform where the visual storytellers can design their website interconnected to a community of like-minded peers right so no and so you are no longer a website in the ethos of the internet you know in this realm this very vast space um because now you are you know when you manage your online presence these visual storytellers from around the world are able to build their website it's interconnected to this community of like-minded peers uh, that are also photographers but are also buyers and editors and people looking for new work and talent.
1: And people that value that work, right? I mean, there's so many yeah. problems around, um, you know, visual art being just used or taken without um, paying for it or giving credit.
0: Well, you you bring up a really important point. You see, in our experience... Um, The technology that exists does not foster sustainability or inclusivity when it comes to visual storytellers around the world, especially professionals. So who are the professionals? Professionals are people who invest in an education in any given, you know, profession. And they are investing also in resources in accessing resources and tools so that they can develop their professional skills. In order to further their work and career, hopefully f- by finding a place that's safe and enabling, meaning they can grow within that space, right? Well, if you see,
1: a you know, someone that has done this, that has built something,
0: it's inspiring. You need to see that. Well, and you also need to know that in the pursuit of furthering your work and career, you're not just looking for opportunities um, by searching in 10 different places, you know, if we can flip that and say and think that there's one central place where you, know, where you can access technology that values your content, values the work that you do, understand that if the asset that you are bringing into your industry is the content itself, the visual content itself in the, in our case, because we're speaking about photography and we're speaking about video and films. Then in that case, you know, we're creating before you get the job, before you get that opportunity, we are creating an ecosystem that empowers you In a way that by the time you get that job, you hopefully get that opportunity, your work has not been devalued in the marketplace. And that was our main goal. Because when we talk about inclusivity, that means more women getting opportunities, more people of color getting opportunities, not just in the United States, but around the world. Um, We need to think about the technology that we're using in order to connect those you know those professionals with the buyers and remove the barriers we have to remove the barriers and we m- need to make sure that that technology values the asset that these professionals bring into the into the marketplace which is the which you know it, this is the content itself these are the images and the videos that they're bringing in
2: yeah i mean i one of the things i really respect about vizura was that you were building a, a community of, of authentic um, artists and storytellers who wanted to use this to support themselves and their families, mm-hmm. right, professionally. Um, and it had to be trusted. And it had to be sort of better than the commodity, go download an image or pull it off of, for a small fee or web and really be um, special, timely, informative um, to have a motion in it so that if someone at the Washington Post wanted to write about um, the Syrian conflict and the refugee crisis you would have dozens of artists to to hire and to pull imagery from for example and and that's that's a real uh, case so I think that's what was really defines visura and and sort of this mission you're on and and the community as it has evolved but what was your background before this? Because I kind of recall, like, weren't you supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer? <laughs> Wasn't that your choice or something? Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, but I, but but before you, I, I want to mention something around because you just said something that's so important, and I don't, I do not think it's talked about enough. Trust. You talked, you spoke about trust, and you know, the media industry today is is, is one of its biggest challenges right now. Is Around trust, how do we access trusted information, information that we can count on that we can rely on that we're not, you know, even if you're bringing in perspective, we understand that it's based on facts um, and and backed up by facts. And um, and 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 I want to say that you're you're absolutely right. Like when we first met, um, David, and I came in with this idea, a lot of it was around, the belief and the need in wanting to rekindle something that I thought was being lost, which was trust. And I felt that if that value was lost, that would have a trickle effect on the potential of women and people of color getting access to opportunities, which already, you know, we already face a lot of challenges per se. This is not just like photographers. I can speak about that as an entrepreneur, you know, that can go on. So what you, when you're talking about trust and, and not only do I, I want to recognize that you, you're bringing up something really important, but I also want to recognize that in you seeing that at such an early time, at such an early stage, and seeing how important that was for me as a founder and, you know, and seeing that, you know, I had this idea and I was willing to fail forward and fast in pursuit of rekindling something that is so powerful and so meaningful. And now today, you know, it's such a big challenge. You know, I have to say that and, and taking into account that VSET, um has been the only um You know, you have been the only VC that has supported Visura. I want to say that I think that looking back now today and reflecting on that time, you know, you were not, you were instrumental in setting the stage and the support for me as a female entrepreneur of color and by by supporting the idea, you know, and the process of building that idea, which has been a process where, you know, there's been a lot of failure in the pursuit of trust and in the pursuit of access to merit-based and equal opportunity and creating a platform that fostered that through connection. So thank you.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I mean, (laughs) as I think back to when we wanted to help and make a small investment early on um the idea was nascent the sort of market had a problem that hadn't yet been resolved but um our investment group we bet on you we think you're a category 5 entrepreneur thank you right <laughs> fast strong it's coming okay. we don't know what part of the coastline is going to hit but <laughs> we're we're on board and i think that's been that's been the the joy, the effort, the sort of the roller coaster of these last last number of years. But and, I got you've got to tell me though. Okay, tell how me. How did you? How did you? Like, wasn't it tell law sc- law school or doctor, not and then somehow you ended up in in New York no, no. as a it, it as a, as a, a photojournalism? Yeah. yeah.
0: I was I was not meant to be a doctor. I'm a hypochondriac, um, so that was not it. Okay, good. But good. Um, I did go to law school, so I studied at, in. I studied at the University of Puerto Rico. I studied their anthropology, and um, and when I graduated, I you know I took a, a, a little time off, and actually during that time, I um, I carried the equipment for a National Geographic photographer who now is a very established National Geographic photographer. Her name is Amy Towensing, and she was doing a story in Puerto Rico and i was um, i was stu- i was uh, the student of a very famous painter his name is Rafael Tufino who passed away years ago and um, and we we crossed paths and I meet you know for the first time. Here's a Puerto Rican girl at a cafe, and you know I'm not probably I was very young, and I see this National Geographic, you know, photographer, she a woman, and she's on her first assignment, and so I said, "Can I carry your equipment?" And um, and so I did for five days, and it was the you know such a blessing. And at that moment, I knew that I wanted to be in journalism and photojournalist, photojournalism. But, in Puerto Rico, you know it's when there was no path around how do you become a journalist? How do you become a photojournalist? There was absolutely no path. And so I was very scared. and 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 I'm sure if any you know when I share this with my co- with with the my colleagues and aspiring journalists who are in Puerto Rico or who are in Africa, you know, in Uganda, um, or or Nigeria or in da- all across Latin America they're going to understand like so when you don't have access to direction and opportunity in any given path you know the idea of jumping into that path is a little bit scary so I decided then what is close to that. <laughs> and my parents and my family were like, well, you know, you should be a lawyer and then you can advocate for artists and you can like, you know, you can tell a story in a different way and it was something that was um natural within our family. And so I did it. I did it for two um years and by the second year you know the, the in full disclosure, the real story is that I was driving to pay for my tuition for my next semester. And I almost entered the university when I stopped. And I said, if I do this, I'm never going to go back. So I turned around, I parked my, my car, called American Airlines, bought a ticket, and said, I'm going to New York.
2: Wow. I haven't heard that.
0: See,
1: I wish I had a visual for that moment,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how. And with, and I knew I had to buy it within, you know, three or four days because the pressure was going to come at me. You know, it was going to be so intense that I was probably going uh, to. there's gonna, a lot yeah. of
2: courage in that, and truth <laughs> to yourself. So, incredible. Um,
0: so yes, I was supposed to be a lawyer. So, it, at this moment
2: <laughs> in time, just like, what is the importance of, of the visual storyteller? And then, and then why did they find resora their their place?
0: That's a great question. Um, Actually, you know, it, was, it
2: was supposed to be Sam's question, but I, I knew it was a good one, so I, oh. I totally <laughs> grabbed it. it. Totally
0: grabbed it. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay. I think it's six billion pieces of content is uploaded, are uploaded every single day to the internet. Um, that number is probably growing, I think. If we are, if the world, I think the, the population is a little bit over seven billion. Um, and I think a little over five billion are using the, you know, are turning to the internet. i you know, when you think about that and you think about the implications, the implication of bringing in so much content on a daily basis and for that content not to be organized in a way that is accessible for the people, for the publishers, the organizations that rely on accessing that content in order to communicate to society, you start thinking, wait a minute. What are the platforms out there? Are they doing are they being effective when it comes to connecting professionals you know who are focused around creating content and producing content and I'll I mean I'll go and say that this is not just about photography this is also when it comes to writing and investigation you know and are, are what are the platforms are out there that are really focused on bridging the gap between the people that are producing professional content and the people that are buying content or looking for content in order to, you know, disseminate, dis- disseminate it or share it with the rest of the world. Um, and. I think that that that's a question that we are constantly asking ourselves. As in, in as our team in Visura is constantly, we're always asking ourselves: like, does this solve that problem? Does that bridge that problem? Are we empowering content? Like, we are servicing and making sure that whatever content reaches any given publication or any you know or any organization, let's make sure that that content is c- coming from professionals.
1: Yeah, that's, it's so, and I think that's such a key problem for every entrepreneur is like staying focused on the problem that you're solving. Um, And you mentioned your team, which is something that we'd love to hear a little bit about. Um, Can you just talk about, you know, who, who you work with, who's involved and how you've built this amazing team over the last
0: few years? So, so no one person acts alone. Okay. And I have been very lucky with um, at all different levels, right, Um, because, you know, first um, the co-founder, Graham Latourney, who architected the platform, but more importantly, throughout all these years, no matter what challenges came our way, you know, has been very willing to stay focused on the mission of developing technology that f- that values content and fosters inclusivity and professional skill development. You know, the things that I really believe in till this day, right? And um, so he has been with me from the beginning when I started the exhibitions, and then I decided one day I wanted to do an online. Magazine and he built that with um, WordPress. And then I said, Well, WordPress doesn't really <laughs> make any sense. It doesn't value content and they could, you know, it it, it does just does not make any sense for us. And so I said, We need to build our own technology. And so he said, Here we go. So he <laughs> went and he, you know, at first I wanted to just connect photographers and with each other. And then so we built a self publishing platform, which was Photovisura. Photo Visura, and then that evolved as more editors and organizations and filmmakers started to come in, you know, it evolved into Visura because we, need, we were expanding. And so he then, and as we were expanding and people started saying, well, you know, if, if we could build our website interconnected to the community, that would solve two in one. And so I said, great. So I have to say that also the team includes my community. You know, I want to say that the hundreds and now thousands of members who are part of Visura have also been part of the efforts of growing further, you know. Um, but with that, you know, today, well, in the past, we've had, you know, incredible people like um, James Welford, who's now with National Geographic, and Scott Thodey, um, who runs, um, I think it's a SALT NYU, which is for kids. It's an organization for kids. He's the I think he's he's running he's curator there, and then um, we've also had um, Jeffrey Robertson, who um, supported Visura from the beginning and 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 was a great educator for me at least and influence when it came to the business side of everything, and um, and now today you know like well and we had someone that changed my life that was um, John Connolly.
2: Yeah, Big John,
0: who passed away, and he, with alongside Graham, um, he they together they built, you know, Visura and the the the, pla- the the then platform, which was you know the first iteration of Visura in 2015 and 2016, and then today we have um, Rebecca Gal, who has been working on special projects, and we have Rachel Avadi. Who, um is a growth expert and and then I have to recognize also you know the all the mentors I mean David you've been a mentor in our lives um you have helped me throughout I,
2: I'm sorry for the damage that I've caused because some of these other mentors are have been fantastic
0: I've ha- I've been very lucky but you know I, I I try to recognize what each one has brought to my life and you know one thing that that is you know, I think you always brought to my life was a little bit of direction and understanding what, you know, just clarifying what the goals were. And from an entrepreneur's perspective, that's really important to surround yourself with people that have different set of skills and can contribute to your journey in different ways, right? And so, you know, David was always able to say, okay, let's narrow this down. Your next goal is to, you know, Let's create a prototype. Then let's um, test it out and see how many people will come in and see how they they feel about it. What do they need? Now let's grow it and reach you know three hundred members. Let's reach five hundred members. Now we're like now we need to focus on people paying. So he set that path, and that for me was really important because as entrepreneurs, we it's easy to get overwhelmed. We are wearing ten different hats. We um, we're not an expert in any of them you know, I think, if you ask me. And so we really rely on uh, the network and the team around us and especially the leaders that invest their time in you in order to kind of guide you through this journey. Um, Jim Watson has been extremely influential also in my life. A lot of it has been because he normalized the challenge. He always let me know, like, "This this is part of it. Like, This is part of the journey. You need to focus. Don't take it personal. Go back and start again. You fail 10 times and then 10 more and maybe 10 more before you get that one right. And then you celebrate that journey. But the next day you go back to failing 10 times, 10 times, 10 times.
1: Resiliency is such a big part of it.
0: You know, it's like a bamboo or like Bruce Lee said, you have to be water. Hmm. You have to let go and be water so that you can transform and again and again and and not let anything define you, you know? The only thing that defines you is when you stop.
1: Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but your perspective as a female founder?
0: Today... I think that one of the driving forces around me continuing to stay focused on developing Visura is because not only do I see the growth and that we're meeting the, the goals and I see how there's a, you know, our team is really great. Um, the community is power is wonderful and and it's just a not you know now you see the product of all your work but you know now i feel a sense of responsibility as a woman as a female founder because i think in my research i learned that less than 10% of women receive funding at early stage that number is reduced significantly more when you are a person of color i am Hispanic, so I am considered, I, I am a person of color. I identify as a person of color, and I am proud of that. Not ever, I never in a million years thought that that would be an impediment. I never thought that being a woman would cause pause, and I never thought that being a person of color would cause doubt. And That has been extremely humbling, one. And two, after I got over the anger, because and David knows this, there were many years as I started to realize this, that I did. I'm a human being. I felt the anger. I also then, with time, that anger evolved thanks to the support system that I have around me, and especially thanks to the community. That where I would see the results, and I saw when the Washington Post did an open call using our technology and joined Visura as an organization to, you know, and now they scout work from our database and are constantly hiring and buying you know, projects from our database, which is primarily made up of women and people of color. You start to say, wait a minute, you know, if I woke up today thinking that I was not strong enough. I'm going to find the strength because look at what, like, it's not just about me anymore. No, they need you. It's happening. Those makers need you. And so you have to find it within you no matter what. So my experience today, I think, um, I mean, if I I were to summarize my experience as a female entrepreneur um, who is Hispanic, um, I would say it's been humbling. Uh, It's been humbling in the sense of, understanding that society really needs to reflect when it comes to how, you know, let me see. I feel like society needs to reflect um, around how we can create a more inclusive and safe environment for people, regardless of the color of their skin, their gender, their age, You know, um, where they come from, the socioeconomic background, I think we need to really work at all the leaders out there. You know, I'm just like one person and I'm very small. I'm just like an ant in this entire like zoo. You know, there's so many people out there that, you know, that could be doing so much better to foster inclusivity. Quality is never jeopardized because we come in and bring something to the to the conversation. It blows my mind that I found that access here in Vermont. When I go anywhere else and when I go to New York or I go anywhere else, everyone speaks about like, well, look at everything that we're doing for diversity. Meanwhile, it was almost impossible for us to get that one opportunity. Meanwhile, here where there are all these stereotypes, and and it is true. Look, this is a primarily white um, uh, state. That said, this is where I found direction, and you know, to access to direction and opportunity. And in a way, when people ask me why are you so invested in Vermont and in helping to foster economic development here, I'm always thinking, well, because this is where I found hope. Yeah, and And
1: we we've been talking a lot about and learning a lot about inclusivity before diversity. Mm-hmm. And I think that has, that lens, that shift has, you know, shaped the way that we look at the world and we look at our own work. But I think um, it, it goes a long way for, um, you know, figuring out how to remove barriers um, to make entrepreneurs of color and entrepreneur female entrepreneurs, um, any disadvantaged entrepreneurs, have a chance, right, and so whether that's through funding or whether it's through mentorship or telling the stories of other entrepreneurs, um, you know, that needs to happen first to make it a place that feels like home.
0: I also think like, oh, okay. So I think that, you know, you're saying something that's very important because, you know, in order to create an economic infrastructure that is more inclusive, um, the change has to happen from all stages. You know, it has to happen from leadership, but also it starts also from the people from the beginning, from the roots, with all the women and people of color um, and all the entrepreneurs around the world that are, I mean, that are putting their ideas out there and are tr- willing to fail because truly, like, how do you dif- like the experience of entrepreneurship? Um, the success is not really success um, in the traditional sense or how we all see it like the glory of it. it is truly about sweeping again and again every single day about f- f- you know defining and identifying a problem and in in 10 different ways trying to solve that problem knowing that maybe those 10 ways don't work and you have to try another group you know and and for anybody out there that is willing to go through that journey, you know, in order to, it's very quick how you start, re, stop, how you realize, how you come to terms with the fact that it's truly not about you. It is truly about what you're contributing to society. And for those who are willing to go through that journey and fail fast and forward and again and again in order to solve one problem, I think that, you know, it is important to, to support that group. And I think that when you know when 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 all the, I, mean, I know it's more complicated, David. But I do think that all the efforts that VSAT has done to support new ideas and to kind of create a new economic infrastructure um, around, through entrepreneurialism—that that means through new ideas that are being presented by new generations or people that have been around who have been able to identify a problem—I think that is key. Not just for for, for, for the economy, but also for society as a whole, you know, because if you have a woman of color that is a f- successful entrepreneur, tomorrow that woman of color who is a successful entrepreneur might be the CEO of a very successful company that will hire more people of color, that will make sure that more women are at leadership roles, that will take into account all the challenges that she he or they faced in order to get to where we are today, and I think that's something that should be supported.
2: Yeah, I mean, and we're, like you said earlier, we don't do it alone either, right? And uh, we've got 130 mentors that volunteer, colleges, these business owners and executives, people that live up these dirt roads that you can go ask for help, and the the sense of community and being in this sort of shared. Um, time of, I don't know if it's fear or optimism, but both are mm-hmm. motivating, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's really a joy for Sam and I and Jay and to try to support and, and help here. Um, on the business, if there was one business lesson you had learned earlier, right, what, what, what is it?
0: The team is everything. Mm-hmm. People involved. The people involved. Um they have the team has to be all in and has to be willing to fail as a team and continue um, chugging along with you during that journey. And I say that from a, from the standpoint of someone that I would definitely not be here if grandma, whether or not here, you know, had not stuck around with me and been willing to, to fail with me while I did this. And same with Becky gal and, and other people and, and, and the community, you know, but, but to answer your question, the team becomes your family and your mentors uh, your team in operations and if they're with you when in the highs they're also with you in the lows and there are many lows in the process but i but i truly feel that during those lows you you know the team comes and they kind of remind you why you're here and they try to fix a problem to make you smile and remind you you know it's going to be okay and so that level of support um, energizes you, and it just makes you, rem- you know, really feel that um, every day is a new day to start the rest of your life. Therefore, we can do this.
1: Yeah, that's such a good one. I think it's so important to learn that early on. And um, you know, I know we're we're running short on time here. And before I hand it over to Dave for the final question, I did want to say that when I was starting out at VSET which was four years ago. Wow. You were one of the first entrepreneurs that I met with. I sat in on a meeting with you and Dave and your team and it was one of the first moments where I knew I was on the right path and doing the right thing because I was so in awe of your story and your resilience. And, you know, at the time, I think it was a, a tough conversation. And um, you
2: were going, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> you were going
1: through some turmoil as a team and um, the business and just your perseverance um, and your just grace in handling that. Um, really inspired me. And, um, I knew that, that that I wanted to work with entrepreneurs. So thank you. Well, thank
0: you. I also want to say that, um, seeing you, um, throughout the years and as you continue to evolve and grow and, you know, not you're like vice president now. And, you know, I, I think it's a really important message. Um, because I mean, first of all, congratulations, but, 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 congratulations not a place in not from a place of I'm surprised but from a place like the like the rest of Vermont and 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 anybody listening you know they need to see you and they need to look at you and they need to learn from you because there's a lot to learn from and 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 I think it's important from an entrepreneurial perspective you know just the team that you both make you know you you have you, you really just amplify the message when it comes to the importance of uh, diverse voices and what they can do when they come together in order to foster economic development. Thank you so much. Thanks. Sweet. Still a work
2: in progress for sure. Right? <laughs> it never, always is. Never done. Um, magic wand time, Audrey. Okay? Superpower. You have another superpower. Okay? <laughs> if you could change one thing in Vermont, what would you change?
1: Her eyes just got so wide. That was amazing.
0: I think the government needs to understand the value of entrepreneurship and of entrepreneurialism and what it brings to um, the future of the economy of this state. I think it needs to understand that it's not just supporting um new ideas and the risk behind supporting new ideas but they need to see the advantage the opportunity the possibilities that they can also um discover through in you know through through throughout the years if they invest in that um, i think that it's not just about you know when i think about um f- you know like great economies (laughs) in in my mind. I think they foster sustainability. They foster inclusivity. They foster professional skill development. They foster enabling environments. They foster growth, you know, like meaning, yeah, like just we want to be better. We want to do better. Don't you want to be better and do better? No one acts alone and so if if for the future of vermont if you ask me and what is one thing that i would love to change would be that the government understands not just like in conversation but in action as to the role that they can play in 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 in, in our economic development by empowering new minds and new voices that would potentially come and live here, invest in, in, in our state, and contribute to our state by creating more job opportunities. And maybe in the beginning, there will be some losses. But for, these are called lost leaders, right? Like, I think that there is more opportunity to be seen if you take that risk. And if I were in government, I would be advocating for that every day of my life. Mic drop.
2: You're here, here. Yeah, seriously, right? Can we drop a mic in yeah. the post-production <laughs> I here? I think we can. so, Adriana, Audrey, thank you thank, so, you. thank you so much for yeah. sharing a bit of yourself, your story, your journey. Um, you, you're just getting started still, thank right? And, and Vizora's trajectory and its intention and purpose is, is more clear and defined than ever, and the market's really ready for us in, in new and exciting ways. So thank you, thank you today. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series is supported by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Women in Enterprise. CWE provides opportunities for women, entrepreneurs, and business owners to increase professional success, personal growth, and financial independence. Check them out at cweonline.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, write a review, and share. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to work, and let's go take some photos, too.